Well, good morning. It is so good to see you. Before you have a seat, say good morning. It's so good to see you. You look good today. Come on. It's so good to see that none of you melted or froze or drowned or anything else, but you made it back to church. It is so good to see you. Before we jump into God's word, I want to, because I, I always forget to do this, but we have got the newest member of RLC, the most handsome man in the room. I would like to introduce you to not his dad, Chris, but Noah. Would y'all put your hands together for him? He's so tiny, he makes me nervous, but he is absolutely awesome, and we're so proud of his family, and they have three kids, and they are all little bitty babies, and so you pray for them, all right, so but the Lord is good. How many of you have your Bibles with you? How many have your Bibles? Let me see them. Let me see your, your, your analog Bible. How many of you got your digital Bibles? Let me see those too. Those are also good. Yeah, absolutely. How many of you have your, have your journal with you? Okay, that's, that's, a, that's a big one. Yeah, I see a lot of you have your journals uh, with you. And also, this is one that we don't talk about near enough. But how many of you have one of these? Can I see that? I see a couple of you. Uh, one of you, you're lying. I don't see. Yeah, you know, I'm playing. Uh, but but he, this is what we have for you. At Real Life Church, our hope for you is we hope that the Lord speaks to you uh, when you are here and one of the ways we want to be part of your life is we want to get into God's word every day. And as you're going to hear uh, through the message today, we're really going to be digging in even more. And so if you don't have a Bible or if you have a Bible, but you'd have to send out a search party, you're not exactly sure where it is until you find it. We have one for you. Okay. We have a free Bible for you at the Welcome Center. Make sure you get one of those before you leave. Also, if you don't have a journal or maybe praise the Lord, you filled up your journal. That's amazing. Uh, we have one of those for you at the Welcome Center as well, because one of my favorite things that happens is not always what um, the notes that you take that I give you, but what happens in the margins, what the Lord speaks to you that, that, uh, that is just for you. And you need a place to write that down as well as what we're going to be talking about today. And then these are ones we have because the notes that we give you have three hole punches where you can take those and you can collect those as we go through God's word. And, you know, we're in the, we're in the process of, uh, we're going to be jumping back into our series on Ephesians. Don't worry. We have not forsaken Ephesians. It's not going anywhere. We're going to get back to it. But as we go through those, you can collect those. And, and one of my greatest joys as, a, as your pastor is just to think that, that one day, a long time from now, you're going to have all of these notes and you're going to have a commentary on the entire Bible as we slowly get through it. It's going to take us years to get there, but we're going to get there. And then you'll, you'll have that with you. And so we have those that are free for you as well uh, out there. Make sure you grab yourself one of those and we're going to be jumping in. So if you want to take your Bible and you want to open it up to Matthew chapter seven, we're going to be getting there eventually. But if you want to go ahead and open it up, we're going to be diving into God's word. And one of the things I thought that would be really important for all of us as we get ready to jump into a brand new year is so many of you are new to our church. And those watching online, you're, you're, you're new to our church and you really don't know kind of what we're about and all that, which is why you need to go to RLC Connect that's coming up really soon so you can hear the story of our church. But it's important for us to take a little while so that when we do the things we do, you know why we do them. So we're going to take a couple of weeks and kind of cast some vision because as a church, we rally around what Jesus said in Matthew chapter four, when he was calling his disciples and he said, come and follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. So he was saying, I got a big idea for you and this is how you do it. And so everything we do as a church, we rally around these three words that, that come from the words of Jesus, where he said, the number one thing you've got to do is you've got to follow me. 
In other words, I got to be in charge, says Jesus. Not me, but Jesus is in charge. And so he's saying, this is not a partnership. This is a followership. You got to let me lead. But then what I love about Jesus is that when you get behind him and you start following him, he doesn't just forget about you, but he's saying in the following, I am going to do something in your life. I'm going to show you. I'm going to develop you, which we say is how he grows us. Well, what what does he do as we follow him and as he grows us in our freedom? He gives us a purpose. He helps us to make a difference, and that is to share the hope that we have found with everybody around us. And so everything we do as a church is rallied around these three things that we think God wants to do in all of us because Jesus said it. And that is that we want to follow Jesus. We want to grow in freedom. And then we want to share that hope that we found, share the hope of Jesus with everyone that we meet, make a difference in the lives of others. So that, that's what we do. And so that, that's, never, that's not going to change. That's the vision of our church. But what I feel like my job as your pastor is, is to kind of dig into that and go, okay, God, how, how do you want us to really zoom in on this this year? Is there, is there kind of a, kind of a, a goal within the, the goal? Is there, is there a, a particular way that we, we need to follow as a church and grow as a church and share as a church? What's the big idea? And I've been praying over this since about mid-October. God, we're just going to keep going? Or do you want us to zoom in in an area? And if you're taking notes, it's the first blank of 2022, praise the Lord. And that is that in 2022, we are going to focus on the fact that we are the body of Christ. In 2022, we're, we're still going to follow and grow and share, but we're going to zoom in on how we're supposed to do that as the body of Christ. Now, what in the world does that even mean? Well, it was a metaphor that God's word uses the most to describe the church. Over and over again in the New Testament, the best way that Jesus can help us get our minds around something that he is doing in the earth is to call us the body. And the way that makes sense to me is that we, this thing called life is not an individual sport, it's a team sport. And, and I think about that. This is kind of sports season for so many because it over, it's overlapping right now. Football, uh, if you're a college football fan, it's almost over, but we still got one more game to go. If you're in the NFL, it's slowly winding. But for most of us people in Kentucky, basketball is becoming really awesome, which that's the thing, right? But in all these things, let's talk basketball. That is an amazing sport, but it is five on five, right? And it, so you, you have to have a team to build a team. So like, for instance, Around this time, you always get in the debate, who's the best basketball player ever? Let's try it. Who's the best basketball, best basketball player? Who is it? See, I heard Jordan. I heard some LeBrons. You know, uh, yeah, Jordan, LeBron, you got Kobe, you got uh, maybe Durant one day or me. You know, I'm, you know I, I, it could be anybody. So if you've seen me play, you know, there's no chance of that. But, but here's the thing. No matter how good that person is, they never want a game by themselves. Matter of fact, the rules are such that you cannot win a game by yourself. Why? Because it's a team sport. And here's the thing is that whether you realize it or not, the, the game of life, if we could say it like that, it's a team sport. There's some things you just can't do by yourself. And one of those things is the body of Christ. The church is not intended to be done by ourselves. But for many of us, because of past pain in our life, through different circumstances, or maybe because we don't even know. We've been trying to do this thing called pursuing Christ all by ourselves, And that's why it's so hard. 
It's already hard because at any given time, you've got a team working against you. You've got at least three, and that is the world, the flesh, and the devil that are constantly trying to push against you. But then sometimes we're on the other team as well, making it even more difficult. So one of the things we're going to focus on is what does it look like to be the body of Christ? God's word says it like this, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, the church. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. What does that mean? Does that mean that means that we're all different and that's good. Your body is not in unison, it's in harmony, which means, that means that your whole body is not a whole bunch of hands. Right? If, that, if you were a whole bunch of hands, you couldn't get anything done, right? You need the wrist, you need the elbow, you need the shoulder. All this has to go together, which means none of us are supposed to be just like the other because we're a body. So we all need different parts that go together. And we're going to be unpacking this over the course of the year. What does it look like to be the church? It is a team effort. It is the body of Christ. So this is what the church is not. The church is not a building. The church is not a movement. The church is not a marketing scheme. It's not a pyramid scheme. It's none of that kind of stuff. The, the church is a living organism. It's all of us. It's a family. It is the, the, the Bible calls us a kingdom of priests, a community of faith. The word ecclesia, the church, meant so much more than a group of people, but it was a connected body of people that did life together. I don't know if you grew up like this, but I grew up in a, a more traditional church where we actually used to call each other brother and sister. Anybody do that? Brother Brandon and Sister Autumn? Yeah. Did it, did it bother anybody just a little bit like it did me? Because I was like, look, look, dude, I don't know you. But it took me a while to realize they weren't trying to be creepy. They were just trying to say that we are a family. They were just reminding each other that we are a family. So right now we are spiritually one big family. Hey, look at your neighbor and say, what's up, cuz? I mean, you are. Yeah, yeah, we are a family. It reminds me of that old song, we are family. We're not going to be singing that together, okay? But we are, we are. But the thing is, is in the world we live in, though, we don't like to think like that. We like to think about, about life being an individual sport. I pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm going to do this all by myself. I'm going to get on my island. And that's why life is so hard. It's already hard enough. It's even harder when you're trying to play a team sport all by yourself because you've always got at least three enemies against you. The world, culture, the flesh, your own weaknesses, and the devil who definitely don't want you to get closer to the Lord. And so we're going to just spend the whole year, everything we do, we get back to Ephesians, we're going to be looking at it through the lens of the body of Christ. And so here's the big idea, if you want to take notes for this year, and that is that this year we will discover the joy of being the body of Christ by following Jesus, growing in freedom, and sharing our hope together. And, I, and I, wrote, I wrote the word together out for you in your notes, but I want you to circle that if you're taking analog notes, because that's the whole goal, is that we are going to follow Jesus together. We're going to grow in freedom together. We're going to share our hope together. Next week, we're going to talk about some of the different ways that we're going to grow in our freedom together. It's entirely possible for some of us. We have been repenting over the same sin for years because God's word says that you go to God for forgiveness, 1 John 1, 9, but you go to one another for healing, James 5, 16. Confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. And it's possible that the one component you're missing is to go level 10 with somebody. Hey, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you because I'm ready for freedom. And freedom is earned, uh, trust rather, is earned 
But in the trust, for some of us, 2022 is going to be the year of our freedom because we're going to start growing together and we're going to find freedom. We're going to talk more about what that looks like next week. Then we're going to talk about how we're going to make a difference and how we're going to share together in 2022 because we are the body of Christ. And my hope for you is that when we get to January 2023, you're not, you're not going to think about the church the same way, but you're going to understand what Jesus always intended his church to be. So we're going to jump in on this. And these, these are the three main things we're going to be focusing on through the lens of body of Christ. And so here's number one today that we're going to focus on. And that is that this year we're going to follow together. And the primary way we're going to do this is that we will discover the joy of following Jesus by exploring his word together. We're going to, we're going to explore God's word together. Because the way that the metaphor works is that Jesus is the head and we are the body. And there's a lot of things on your body that you could live without, right? I mean, it would, be, it would be uncomfortable, it would be very difficult, but you could live without an arm. People do it all the time. You could live without a foot, you could do it all the time. Turns out you can live without your, your appendix and these things, but, but you can't live without a head. It just don't work like that. And you know what I've seen? I've seen people try to do life and call themselves Christians and do it without Jesus, and it just doesn't work very long. He is the life source of all that we have. And so we want to get to know him better. And the number one way to do that is by reading and learning and exploring his word together. Well, how are we going to do that? This is not in your notes, but you've got all this around you. And that is that we're going to read God's word together. How are we going to do that? Is you have got uh, on your chair is the SOAP uh, Bible study. Uh, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but right there is a QR code. And if you have one of those cellularized telephones that do this, you can use the QR code and scan it. And it will take you to that website, which is a Bible reading plan that I've come up with for us that you can read with us. It's also on your mobile uh, device, uh, the app. And then we've even got these uh, pieces of paper for, you know, for those of you who like these like I do. You can stick it in your Bible and you can do that together. We're trying to make it as accessible as possible. And listen, I'm not saying, of course, this is not the only Bible reading plan you've got to read. But what I'm asking you to do is take the challenge with me to read God's word together as a church. And here's, here's what it is. It's two chapters a day. One of them is going to be from the, the Old Testament, the New Testament. There's no secrets. I'm, we're going to go through one of the New Testament books. Right now, we're going through Matthew. Then we're going to go to an Old Testament, back to a New Testament. The second thing, chapter is going to be out of the Psalms. Here's the reason why. This is one chapter we're going to learn about God. We're going to learn about who he is and all of that. And the second one is we're going to learn how to relate to God. Because Psalms are poems that were turned into songs that started off as prayers, it's how people are relating to God. They're the, how are people praying? I love the Psalms. You know why? Because they made me feel better. Because so many of those prayers that were prayed are a whole lot like my prayers, okay? And if you've already started reading this, then you can realize how that starts. It, a lot of times it starts with, God, what are you doing up there? All right. Do you need some help? Because I could really figure this out for you. That's where it starts. In the middle is, let me tell you exactly how you should do this. And there's such colorful language about God. I tell you, you could bust their teeth for me. That'd work out. I mean, I mean, especially David, he's all about telling God exactly what to do. And then it ends with, but God, you know better than I do. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's, a, that's so many of my prayers. God, I got this. Let me tell you exactly what they could do. But Jesus, you know, you know, you know. That's how I end my prayers. Well, that's what we're, that's what we're going to do is let's learn about him and let's learn how to relate to God. We're going to do that together. Here's why we need to be reading God's word every day. And this is not in your notes, but here's some extra. The reasons why is number one is to know God's character. Do you know what I realized the first several years of my walk with God? I didn't understand anything there was to understand about God. And the reason why is I wasn't reading the Bible. I, I had these wonderful devotions 
These wonder, and I'm not speaking against them at all, but I had these wonderful little devotionals where there'd be one verse and then a whole page about that verse. Well, I understood what somebody else thought about God, but I wasn't understanding who God was at all. I was reading one verse and that's fine, but I needed to read something. I needed to read more so I could understand who God was. And I had all these different questions because I had no idea who God was and what was going on. And so when we read God's word, we're going to slowly start to understand who Jesus is. Why did he say the things that he said? What is his hope for all of us? You only know it by reading it. The second thing is, is we get to know the real from fake theology. And can I just be honest with you? It's not new to our generation, but there's a lot of fake theology out there. I heard that, um, that one of the ways that if you work for the Department of Treasury and you work especially in the counterfeit money area, one of the ways that they teach you how to recognize counterfeit money is not just by studying counterfeit money, but they have you deal with real money all the time. You're constantly got your hands on real money. You feel it, you smell it, you're looking at it. And so you're just counting real money all the time. And then all of a sudden, boom, you find something that's fake you immediately start to recognize it's fake. You're like, you know what? It, it kind of looks right, but it doesn't feel right. It, something looks a little bit off. It doesn't smell right. You start to notice, not because you study what's fake, but you become very acquainted with what's real. I, I had this happen to me just this past week, and it was something that helped me realize how important this is. I had somebody uh, send me a video from something that somebody said on TikTok. Well, let me go ahead and tell you, never get your theology from TikTok, okay? It's almost always wrong, all right? It is. And so they sent me a video about this person who said they couldn't believe in God because they said that Mary was assaulted by God because she never gave her consent to be, um, to be the mother of Jesus. Well, my brain just froze and fell out of my head. I was like, who believes this? And then I stopped and went, wait a minute. That's because you've never actually read Luke chapter 1. Because if you actually read Luke chapter one, that's not at all the way it happened. Gabriel comes to Mary, says, hey, I got this big idea of something that God wants to do. He wants to use you to do it. And Mary said, yes, I would love to be part of that. And then sings a song about it. I mean, it is amazing how wrong that other theology was. And you know the reason why that person emailed me that video is because they had no idea. They haven't been, they haven't been in the real thing so that they were able to notice what wasn't real. And can I tell you, you're going to experience fake theology. So what do you do? You need to be around the real thing so much that when you see something that's fake, you go, whoa, wait a minute. That's not quite right. So here's the third one is to know God's leading. Can I tell you 99% of the time, the way God speaks to me is through this. It happens all the time. When I go to God's word and I read it and I, and before I pray, Holy Spirit, this is your divinely inspired word. Speak to me through your word. I cannot tell you how many times God does. Do you want God to move in your life? Make an appointment with him every day and you will experience God, but you got to first make the effort to do that. And so we're going to read God's word together so that we can understand his character. So we cannot be easily fooled by <laughs> random weirdness. And we can also have God's leading in our life. But if that wasn't enough for you, here is what Jesus said about his word. We're finally getting to Matthew chapter seven. Here it is. Jesus said this, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds his house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, that uh, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come 
and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So Jesus himself said, hey, anybody, not, not just specific people, not just Bible scholars, not people who know the Greek and the Hebrew and all the different things, anyone who is willing to do two things, who is willing to listen to, the, to my teaching and then do something with it is wise. Now that word wise, the, the, the Greek word for that is someone who has learned better. It is someone who has learned better. In other words, this might've been the person who built their house on sand before. I don't know, but not this time because they have learned better. And so now they listen, <coughs> excuse me, and they follow and they are now wise. As opposed to Jesus said, those who hear it. So they're sitting in the same church. They're, they're right there. They both hear it, but don't do anything with it. Don't obey it is foolish. And I love the Greek word for that is, is meronos. I can't say it real well, but it's where we get the modern word moron. <laughs> so Jesus is saying those who hear and don't do anything, they're morons, all right, which is me. I can't tell you how many times I've done that. I've read it like, well, then praise the Lord. And then I don't do anything with it, right? So I've been like that so many times. But he's saying, here's the thing, is if you do that, just don't be surprised. And I can't tell you how many times in my life I've gotten so mad at God because my life fell apart when the whole time in his word, he's waving a flag going, I don't want that, to, that, that storm to destroy you, but you got to do something with it. And to me, there's the rub. There's the problem. Because I got no problem listening to God's word. You know, I, I read it. I listen to it. But here's the thing. But how do I go about following it? How do I go from words on the page to something I can do with it. That, that's the whole thing. And that's what I want to give you today. I can't tell you how many years in my life I struggle with that concept of I would read the Bible, but that I had so much trouble getting it from words on a page to in my heart and to applying it to my life until I found something that we're going to do today called the SOAP Bible study method. Now, there's a lot of different ways to study the Bible. This one right here has done more in my life than anything else. And so that's why I want to share it with you. So you can see it in your notes, but here it is. Here's the Bible study. So Bible study method is an acronym that simply stands for scripture, observation, application, and prayer. SOAP, scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Now, what does that mean? That means that if you're going through our Bible reading plan, and today is, is uh, January 9th, so that would be Matthew 9 and Psalm chapter 9. As long as, you know, it's, uh, Matthew has 28 chapters, and so, so through the 28 days, you know exactly what it is. After that, it's going to get different. But you got, you got that. So you're going to, so first you read the Bible. Or excuse me, first you pray. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to speak to me today. And then you read, you know, Matthew chapter 8, and you read Psalm chapter 8. And the whole time, you are looking for the voice of God. You are looking for something that God wants to say to you. And what's, what will happen is something will stand out to you. Something will strike you. Something will be either it'll jump off the page or it'll stop and make your head turn. So I was going, huh, what is, there's something about that. Well, then what do you do? What was it? You write it, you write it down. And then you simply take the next step. Why? Why did it make my head turn sideways? What, what was it that jumped off the page? What was it that, that struck me? Was it a question? What, whatever it was, you write that down. And then after you do that, then it's the application. How? How am I going to apply what stuck out to me? And then I wrote it down. And then the last thing is prayer, fellowship. You talk to God about whatever it is. 
You know, I don't, I don't know what it would be for you, but then you talk to God about it. And then that's what SOAP Bible study method is. And so what I want to do is something we've never actually done uh, ever in the history of our church, but today's the day, is we're going to experiment with something. And that is that I believe in this so much that we're going to do this together. Right here today, we're going to do this together. If you don't have a pen, it's going to get awkward, but it's okay because I'm, I'm going to ask you to write it down or you can do it on your phone, open up your notes app. But what we're going to do is, is we're going to take Matthew chapter seven and we're going to soap through Matthew chapter seven, what we just got through reading. Now, normally what would happen is you would read the entire chapter of Matthew chapter, today would be chapter eight and Psalm chapter eight, but we've only got this one section that we're going to do today. So what we're going to do is I'm going to read it to you and if you've got your notes in front of you, you can see it right there and you can look at it or whatever. And then we are going to soak through this together. So let's start off with Matthew chapter seven. Here it is. Jesus has just got through. He, he started off with chapter four saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, I need you to turn around from what you're doing and follow me. Chapter five, he starts to lay down. These, these are the principles of the kingdom of God. And he talks about what it looks like to be in his kingdom. Chapter six, he talks about how to relate to God, how to pray, how to fast. Chapter seven, he talks about how to relate to one another. So he lays it all out. And then he says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on the sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So imagine that is two chapters. I'm gonna give you just a second. And here's the first thing I want you to do. Scripture. And in, in your message notes, you see there's a scripture. I wanna ask you this question. What stood out to you? What, is it a phrase? Is it the whole verse? I wanna give you just a minute and I want you to write in that blank. What scripture stood out to you? I'll give you about 20 seconds. Okay, that was 25 five seconds. I'll give, give you five, five extra, all right? This is torture for me up here, by the way. <laughs> all this silence, but it's good. I want it for you. So, so we're soaping through this together. You just got through reading that. You've got it in your notes. You can look at it again. What was it that stood out to you? And then now here's the next obvious question. Why? That's your observation. Write down, why did it stand out to you? Did it make you think of a memory that you've had before? Was it something about one of the ways Jesus said that? What, what was it that stood out to you? I'll give you about 25 seconds. Okay, so this is just a, a short little deal. This isn't intended to be all of it. Just giving a little bit of an idea. So now we're just, we're just walking through this together. And the important thing about the Bible is the Bible is very relevant. It's very applicable, but you have to make sure that you do the work of figuring out how to make it. So the first thing is what scripture stood out to you, or like I like to say, made your head turn sideways, it just, it just struck you. The second one was observation. 
Why did it stand out to you? And here's the third one, application. How can you apply it? And the best way to do this is to not be like super vague, super general. What can you do about it today? So what I like to start off my application part is today I will, and then bullet points. I'll give you about 20, 25 seconds. What is at least one bullet point you can do? Okay, and then this might be, if this one right here is not my favorite, this next one really is, and that is prayer. Because once you have read slowly, prayerfully, your scripture reading for the day, and then you, what, what was it stuck out to you? You wrote it down, and then you've observed why you did, you've applied it, then you talk to the Holy Spirit about it. What, what, is, what do you need God to do? Maybe it's, it's, a, it's a prayer of thanksgiving. Thank you, God, because what you showed me is how you've brought me. Or maybe it's, I need help with this. I, I don't know what it is, but about one or two sentences, could take about 20 seconds, judging by what you've seen, why you saw it, what you can do about it, what do you need to ask God or tell God about it? About 20 seconds. All right, so what you do is, is you're establishing God's word in your heart and in your mind. Because what's happened so many times in my life is I've read God's word and I thought, oh my goodness, that was amazing. You know, it, it's just phenomenal what God is doing here. That's great. Well, then 20 minutes later, I forgot. You know why? Because life happens and it, and it just, it gets in the way and all these different things. And so what you're doing is when something sticks out to you, you take a moment and you marinate on it. You, why did that stick out? Maybe it was a question. I can't tell you how many times my observation time were questions. I have no idea what this means. And so if I have a few extra minutes, I look it up and I try to figure it out or I talk to someone who don't. If I don't have time, then I wait and I come back to it later. My, my application step is come back to this and figure this out. That's what it was. But when I do that, it starts to stay with me more. Because once again, the goal of reading your Bible is not accomplishing it. The goal of reading your Bible is to not finish it. The goal of your Bible is fellowship. The king of the universe could have spoken to us in any way, but he chose to do it through this so that then you could spend time knowing the character of God, discerning what is real and what is not, and then getting close to him so that he can speak to you. But you got to give him a chance. So the goal is not to read 10 chapters of the Bible a day. That's awesome. The goal is fellowship with him. And so that's what you're doing when you're reading this is you're slowing down and you're fellowshipping. You're spending time with God. And so you read God's word and then you let him talk to you. Now, I don't have, we don't have the opportunity to come up, even though a few people after church came up and I loved it and they showed me what they had been soaping. And that was, that kind of made my day. But yeah, what, I, what I used to love to do when I was in school is I wanted to take my paper to the teacher so they could tell me if I was doing it right. I, we don't have that. But let me give you an example so you can see how this works. I went and did this earlier today. And when I read through this, what really stuck out to me was that Jesus said both the wise and the foolish builds a house. Well, in the culture of the time and in the territory and the area of the time, because of the, the desert climate, there was really only one or two ways to build a house. 
So everybody, rich, poor, smart, not so smart, everybody built their own house the same way. Well, that's, that's awesome to me. So that was my observation is that both are building houses. Jesus didn't say that the wise person was wise for building and the foolish was foolish for building. No, no, no. They're both doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're building their life. The difference was what they did with their foundation, where they built their life, what they built their life on. That's what came out to me is that they're both doing it, but they're doing it in the wrong places, the wrong foundation. Well, the application for me then was today. I will focus on having my foundation securely, not in my goals, not in my need to accomplish, not my striving, but in Jesus. So then everything comes from there. That, that, was, that was what I needed to do. And then my prayer was, Lord, help me always put my trust in you and not in the things that do not last. That would be my soap. Now, if yours was very different than that, that's okay. That's okay. What was it that stood out to you? And then what you do is, is over time, you start to develop God's word in your heart. And so what I want to do is I want to give you a few pro tips that I've learned the hard way, and then we're going to finish this up and we're going to pray. And my prayer is, is that as the body of Christ, we're going to read God's word together. I'm going to try so many different ways to give you this on our website, on our mobile device. I'm posting it on my social media accounts, because if we can just get God's word in us, it's amazing what God's word can do to us. But here's, here's a few pro tips. Here's the first one I learned the hard way, and that is create a title, okay? Create a title for what you have just read because you want to kind of find a way to sum up everything you just read in a short statement, okay? And there's a reason for that, but, but it's also good. So I don't know what yours would be, but if I were to do one for mine, and I will tell you this too, I learned the hard way that if I'm trying to make it sound really cool, I have no idea what it means later, all right? Like I could say um, building Building a house on everlasting sands. Praise the Lord. Doesn't mean anything. All right. I have no idea. I'd be so confused if I read that later. I usually do it with how-to statements or something like that. So my how-to statement might be how to stand through any storm, how to prepare for the storms of life, something like that, something that is applicable that I can do. And then the second thing I would say then is create a table of contents in your journal, wherever you're going to soap. And so that you can then catalog, catalog what God is teaching you and you can read it again as needed. So what I do is, is I go through, and this is not fun, all right, but I go through and I number every page in my journal and then wherever I go and I'm soaping that day, I go back to the front of my journal and then I will write down the page number, the scripture, and then the title. Because sometimes God speaks to me about something going on right then in my life. Sometimes it's not happening right then in my life, but it still sticks out to me. And so I'll write down in my journal, I would write down, you know, Matthew chapter seven, uh, how to survive the storms of life. And then you know what I've noticed happens is at some point before long, I'm going to have a storm and it's going to be difficult. And I'm going to go back to the front of my journal and go, when was the last time that God spoke to me about storms? Oh, look, on January, on January 8th, God spoke to me about storms and God starts speaking to me through his word about something I read a month ago. And I can't tell you how many times that happened. It happened to me just this past week that God spoke to me about something I wrote down back in October. And so I would encourage you to not just soap, but keep a record of it so that when the storms of life come, you are ready to hear what God has already been saying to you. Let me give you a couple more before we pray. Here, here's another one, and that is read slowly. Once again, no one gets a gold star for finishing first, okay? That's not how this works. It's about fellowship. How would you feel if the, every time that your spouse came in and talked to you, they talked really fast and then they walked away? Wait a minute. I just wanted to talk to you. I, didn't, I, didn't, I just want to spend time together. I ain't got time. Well, that's not going to work, right? And so 
Take time and read slowly. If you're one of those people who takes your Bible app and you speed it up to times two, I'm with you. Make 2022 when you slow it down to like 1.25 or, you know, it's just something a little bit closer. All right. Here's another one. Use a paper Bible. I am not against technology. I love all the technologies I got. I love it. I love it. And so I actually have my Bible and I have my computer right beside me and I listen to it while I'm reading. But there's something about having a paper Bible in your hand. I'm telling you, I've got a free one for you if you don't have one. I wanna encourage you, when you read the Bible together with us, just do it till the end of the month and use a paper Bible. You know, highlight it where you highlight it, do whatever you need to do. It is, it is amazing. It's something, it's something amazing that happens. Here's the next one. Reading the Bible is spiritual warfare. What do I mean by that? I mean that you're going to remember that movie you were trying to tell your family about back at Christmas and you couldn't remember the title of it. You're going to remember the title of it as soon as you open your Bible and you're going to need to stop reading and call them right then. Okay. It's going to happen. You're going to remember what you forgot at the grocery store. Your kids who haven't fought in a year are going to start fist fighting as soon as you do this. I mean, it, it is amazing the distractions that happen when you try to spend some time with God. It's not just a coincidence. You have a spiritual enemy, the devil, that does not want you to get closer to God. So I'll tell you one of the things I do. I expect the enemy does not want me to know Jesus. And so I have a sheet of paper right beside my Bible. And when I remember that movie I forgot or something else happens, I write it down and I go back to reading God's word because nothing's going to distract me from knowing my Jesus. Spiritual warfare, expect it. Here's the last one. If you skip a day, fine. Don't skip two. Listen, life happens. And you know what the enemy wants to do? The enemy is going to tell you, don't read, don't read, don't read. And then when you skip it, look at you. Boy, you don't even need to read anymore. He, he pushes at you both ways, all right? And so what's going to happen is, is you're going to miss one, and then you're going to go, well, I, I just don't even need to read anymore because now I'm behind. Who cares? Guess what? You have missed, if you're starting today, you have missed the first eight days, okay? We're at, we're at Matthew chapter 9. Guess what? We're going to pass this way again, okay? This is not the last time we're going to be reading the book of Matthew as a church together. And so this is the only Bible plan you read. Don't worry. We'll get there again. So don't let the enemy call shame in your life. Just start today. And if you missed yesterday, do it today. If you missed tomorrow, start again on Tuesday. It's about fellowship, not accomplishing. The king of the universe knows how to speak to you. And so give him the opportunity to do so. And it is amazing what God will do in your life. And so my hope for you is that as we take this journey together, that we're going to follow Jesus. We're going to grow in freedom. We're going to share what we find, our hope, with others. It is going to be amazing what God's going to do in our life this year as we discover what it means to be the body of Christ. And so one of the ways we're going to do that is following Jesus by exploring his word together. I cannot tell you the adventures that are on its way. If you're someone who because of just different things, you, you struggle to read your Bible. I cannot, I, I mean, it is amazing. We're going we're gonna to get to set out with Abraham as he goes to an unknown land. We're going to get to be with Jonah as he gets thrown into water. We're going to be able to be with the three Hebrew boys as they get thrown into a fire for, for, for their relationship with God. And then we get to go with Jesus as he preaches to thousands and he debates with Pharisees and he walks on water and he feeds 5,000. He turns around and he just verbally slaps Peter in the face because he gets all out of whack. I'm telling you, it's in there. And then, and then he's going to rise from the dead and we get to see it. We get to stand with Paul as he speaks in front of kings and Peter as he speaks to thousands thousands of people. And then we get to go see just a glimpse of what heaven looks like with John in the book of Revelation. There's so many amazing journeys to be had, but you only get to experience them if you don't let the enemy try to tell you you don't need to, but get into God's word. It's going to be questions that you don't have answers for. 
That's why we're doing the body of Christ together so we can bring somebody else to the table and go, do you have any idea what this means? I don't know. Let's find out together. And as we do life together, we're going to find out what Jesus wants us to be all along. And I think maybe the number one reason that I'm excited about reading God's word together is because of what we just got through reading. And the band's going to come up and they're going to lead us in a song of worship. But I want to read this to you one more time where Jesus said this. He said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Anyone means you don't have to learn the original languages of Greek and Hebrew. You don't have to have a seminary degree. Anybody. It's almost like a challenge. If you'll just try, look at what I want to do. It'll be like a person who built their house on a rock. And this, this is what excites me. Though the rain comes in torrents, the floodwaters rise, the winds beat against that house. It won't collapse because it is built on something trustworthy. And I don't know. I, I, I would hope for all of us that in 2022, all of your wildest dreams will come true. You won't have a problem. Everything's going to be wonderful. It's, it's going to be just, 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 yay. <laughs> just amazing that all the things that happen in 2021 is going to get left there and it's going to be awesome. But you know what I know? I know that life don't work that way. I know that for some of us, the only thing that changed from December 31st to January 1 is the calendar. We brought with us some storms. We brought with us some rain, some floodwaters, some wind. And I don't, what's the name of your storm? I don't know. Is it, is it something that's beating down on you like rain? Is it something that's rising up like, like the floodwaters? Or is it something that's just blowing you back and forth? I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I know that any time there's at least three people on a team against you, and that's the world, the flesh, and the devil, and they don't want you to get closer to the Lord. What's the name of your storm? Maybe, maybe your storm is called finances. Maybe it's the fear of the future. Maybe it's a person in your life. Maybe it's a relationship that is, you're surprised you made it through the holidays. Do you know what I love about Jesus? Is he doesn't say, if. He just says, though the rain comes, you will experience storms. But you know what he doesn't say? He doesn't say that he won't be there. He says that, Lord, I'm, I've been there the whole time. That foundation was there before you got there. And I'm not going anywhere. And so can I just tell you, in my life, about three, four years ago, I loved Jesus, but I didn't know him that well. I got to a place in my life where every time I opened my Bible was just so I could prepare a message for all of you. I didn't have a single person that I trusted in my life, and so I wasn't growing in freedom because I didn't trust anybody. And the only time I shared my faith, my, my relationship with Jesus was on Sunday mornings. And at some point, I got sick and tired of, is this all there is? <laughs> is this really, Jesus, what, what there is? And for a while, I got mad at God. I was like, God, is this it? Only to realize, Lord, no. <laughs> But the whole time, I was just waiting on God. I was just going to sit here like a spoiled kid, and God was just going to give me all the things. 
only to realize that is not what the Bible says. Jesus doesn't follow me. I follow Jesus. And so I, I said for about six months, it was, in, it was in the month of June, I said, okay, I'm going to throw myself into this. And I'm going to read my Bible, not just so I can prepare a sermon on Sunday, but I'm going to read my Bible because I'm searching for you. I'm looking for you. I'm going on a treasure hunt. And then I, I did the hard work of getting to know some people and taking off the mask. Trust is earned. But some of us, the reason why we don't trust people is we stop trying. And so I did the hard work and I prayed and asked God to pe- bring people in my life. And I did my part. And when, it, and when it, it came to it, I took that mask off and I got real. And then I took it upon myself. I said, you know what? Before I'm a pastor, I'm a, I'm a Christ follower. And so I started sharing the gospel to people in my own life. And I'm going to tell you, in six months, I didn't even know myself anymore. I fell so in love with Jesus that I couldn't wait to get to my time in God's word. I couldn't wait to talk to my friends. I couldn't wait for somebody to bring up Jesus. Not because I became better than anybody else. I became better than who I was without him. And that's my hope for you. Everybody in here is either just coming out of a storm, you're in the middle of one, or you're getting ready to head into one. That's life. The question is, what are you founded on when the storms come? And so my hope is, is that when storms come this year, we're not going to be tossed back and forth by whatever, but we're going to be solid because we're going to read God's word, not to accomplish anything, but we're going on a treasure hunt to discover who the king is. And then we're going to get to know one another. And when trust is earned, we're going to take that mask off and say, you know what? I'm not okay, but I'm tired of not being okay. I hate to tell you this, but there's some things you will not find freedom on until you start doing life together. It's the way God set it up. Because the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, we go to God for forgiveness. But James 5, 16 says we go to one another for healing. And for some of us, we're one difficult conversation away from walking in freedom we never have before, but that takes time. So as the body of Christ, we're going to slowly grow in freedom. And then my hope for you is that you get so excited about what God's doing in your life that you can't wait for somebody to bring up Jesus so you can share the hope that you found. But it all starts with today. I heard someone say not long ago, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. Second best time is today. What are you going to do with the storms you're walking through? What if we started 2022 by giving them to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I'm ready to go go all in with you again. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to start growing in freedom. I'm going to share what I found with others. But it starts with saying today, I'm all in. Because this is what I know. And that is that this will be the best year of your life if it's your best year spiritually. What do you need to give to the Lord today? How do you need to start this year? Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't have a relationship with God. I'm so proud of you for being here. Thank you for being here today. This is an amazing moment for you. And on the bottom of our message notes, there is a prayer that you can pray. And I don't repeat this after you anymore because I want you to have a moment where you can just have this conversation with God. And then that's, that's, that's your next step. If the storm is life, and you need to turn over everything to him. What about some others of us? What do you need to give to the Lord? Maybe you just need to say, I'm going to give this year. There's something about when you make that decision, 
And you come up to an altar like this and you pray. Last year, we got to the place where nobody came to the altar and prayed. And I am never going to guilt trip you into coming up here. But never be ashamed of your pursuit of God. And if you can't find what you're looking for in your seat, I guarantee you it's going to be a little different when you come up here because there's something about going all in for God. Even if you don't need anything, you just want more of him. There's something about taking a step of faith that does something amazing. So I'm never going to say something to try to convince you to come up here, but I am telling you, if you want more of God, you can find it. And never, ever, ever be ashamed of your pursuit of God. But whatever storm you need to give to him, he's always ready to do something in your life. Let's pray together this morning. God, thank you so much for today.